Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. Everybody wants to wail. Mail! Are we going to do that? I no. just did. Forgive me, mother, for I have sinned. It's been 33 years since my last confession, which I guess is implying that I confessed in the womb. Yeah, of course. We all do, spiritually. And I've been a bad, bad girl. Been a very bad girl, Gaga. Gaga. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, my daughter, what do you have on your heart? An A cup. Mm, Like a small (laughs) B. This is so hard to say. I didn't prepare a topic for this podcast episode and i need help heavy are the breasts that uh hold this this burden my daughter i'm 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 so sorry that you are carrying this weight and um i'm here to help you it's okay i'm wearing a skims bra (laughs) (laughs) wow how how interesting my daughter i too am wearing a floor length skims gown um the only solution really is for you to do, I don't know, five to ten suggestions from our mailbag. You mean from here. our cum dome? <laughs> not our cum. We're not calling it. <laughs> okay, I'm breaking, I'm breaking character. Not, we I... are calling it the cum dump. <laughs> well, this <laughs> is like a virgin. No, the listen. show where we take loads. No, it's not. You know, we felt like it would be nice to change up the format of today's episode. We have gotten tons of suggestions by way of our voicemail on what 
episode topics we could potentially take on. AKA, we saw some of the topics in the Airtable that our amazing producer Phoebe put together and said, that's a dumb idea, but we can talk about it for like 30 seconds. <laughs> no, um, well, anyway. But we love you, listeners. That's it. There we go. We always like to end on a high note there. Yes. Um, so, let's start listening to some of these calls and giving you our live horny reactions. <laughs> I love Okay, but before we get there, we 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 have to, you know, go through today's like internet garbage and news real oh, quick. Oh, but I'm so horny. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Rose, um we are recording the day after the Oscars. And you know, there there's something that happened that I feel like is at the forefront of everyone's brains right now, um, something really controversial, which is that, you know, like the Crisbians are, we're in mourning right now. It's, it's, it's a huge loss for the community. Yeah, as it turns out, there's not a possibility. <laughs> I, I feel like, okay, was she expected to win or was it kind of a toss-up between her and Jessica? I think last fall uh, into the holidays, people were like, Kristen's winning the Oscar. Yeah. And then as we entered 2022, people started realizing, like, oh, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I did not think it was going to be Jessica. And I saw Eyes of Tammy Faye, really liked her performance in it, even though, like, I don't have much of a frame of reference for Tammy Faye Baker. The movie was fine. I think it could have been sharper and mm-hmm. funnier, maybe a little meaner. Mm. But, you know, people love that kind of transformational role, so... Similarly, I adored Jessica in that movie. I thought her encapsulation of the character was, like, nonstop fun to watch. I agree that, like, the movie, like, I don't know why we needed such a sympathetic kind of portrayal of her. Like, I would have loved to see her complicity in the situation because clearly, like, there's no way there was all this, like, kind of, like, money laundering and, like, fraud going on and, like, she gets off scot-free. You know what I mean? Yeah, there were some rose-colored glasses on that movie. But you know what? Jessica... I guess she's like one of the girls who had to win at some point. Yeah. So she was. this is probably the movie that it makes the most sense for her to win for. Especially since she was, she was so invested in it. She's been investing in Tammy Faye's story for like isn't it almost like 10 years or something? Like yeah, she's she bought the rights in 2012, I think. But listen, my main issue with Jessica is that I don't know why the dress she wore for the Vanity Fair party was not the dress that she wore for the red carpet. And this was kind of an issue all around. The mm. the red carpet looks for the Oscars were yeah. bad. I thought they were boring, yeah. And the van- and the Vanity Fair party looks were incredible. Stunning. My best dress of the night, Dakota Johnson. Really? Dakota Johnson and Gucci. Oh my God. Wait, I didn't even see it. Honestly. It is immaculate. My note about the red carpet is Jessica Chastain and Nicole Kidman both should have sported the draggy, blocked brows of the characters that they played for the Oscars. They should have done early James Charles brows. (laughs) No, yeah, full divine, just like drawn on, blocked, Elmer's glued down brows. Also, Hunter Schaefer's Rick Owens dress was really great, and she was styled 
very well as well. Hunter Shaver was definitely maybe my best dressed for the night as well. I loved Maggie Gyllenhaal. I did like her Scaparelli hanger thing. Yeah, love all like Scaparelli, like gold, like, you know, embellishments, whatever. I I thought Timmy was worth the hype. I thought like people were freaking out about it and I thought he looked great. I I, I kind of agreed. Also Um, loved Cody Smith McPhee and that like baby blue Bottega suit. So cool. I guess we do have to address the slap heard around the world. Well, actually, Jada also was best dressed for the night for me. I thought she looked... Mm. Up, uh, I thought she looked... I loved her dress. I loved the color of it, and I loved the sense of drama, mm-hmm. but I did not love the specifics yeah. of the dress. Um, I was on a plane when the slap heard around the world oh, happened. Yeah, you landed to it. I, I landed, and it had happened like two hours ago. I can't believe you didn't pay for internet. I, I mean, I love not having the internet on a plane. You it's, pay it's for amazing. internet on planes all the time. I do when I need to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was one of those nights where, you know, I'm kind of glad. You chose right. I, I was really very, glad. It was a very manic night on the internet, and this is, we're coming to you Monday evening. Today on the internet has also been Horrible. horrible. You know what? I think celebrities should go away for a while. Yeah. I think my my thing is just like sometimes, especially with things like this, it's like sometimes this is an intracommunal conversation. And like, I don't know if I need to see these like white entertainment bloggers like, you know, making memes out of like what's happening right now. Sure. You know? But it was such – it's like a such a like – this will never happen on live television I ever just again. Can't, I, I, can't be- <laughs> I can't believe we are living through this. Yeah. Um, and it was a little hot. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from the Oscars, because I'm sure by the time this is coming out, everyone is sick of talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. You know what's one thing I'm not sick of talking about is the Gilded Age, which is funny because I pretty much never talked about it during the whole run of the show because we record on Mondays, usually Monday mornings, and the Gilded Age famously happens on Monday nights. Famously. Famously. Um, it's a Monday night slot. That's dark. Yeah. So I kind of never remembered to talk about it because the you know the new episode wasn't coming until that mm, night the I previous see. episode had happened a full week before but this past week the season finale of the gilded age aired and i have to tell you almost nothing happened all season <laughs> yeah, the stakes the stakes are so low, so low but i have not enjoyed a tv show that much in such a long time i was in gorilla grip of <laughs> The girls, the girls' gays, and maybe theys of the Gilded Age. Maybe theys. It was a stunning season of television mm-hmm. that also was bad. Yeah. Um, the lead of the show, who's Meryl Streep's daughter, worst actress on television. <laughs> um, but, you know, beautiful gowns. Meryl Streep's daughter? Meryl Streep's daughter. She is so wooden, and there is no light behind her eyes. Oh, um, no. So, but you enjoyed the series question The mark? show is so good. But it's, it's, it's but what, what do you mean by good? Because everything you said before, that doesn't sound good. It's a beautiful period <laughs> costume drama of people having indecipherable tension with each other Mm, mm, um mm. it gets a lot of things wrong like you know it's by julian fellows who created downton abbey and you know what was really effective on downton abbey was that it was this period drama that was about the above and below of a big aristocratic house and the gilded age is not that like they kind Mm. of flirted with giving the servants some storylines but they were always like fast forward i want to get back to the rich people you know, it, like, tried to talk about, like, new money and class and race and, like, to t- to varying levels of success. But I really loved 
the whole thing. I'm so excited. There's going to be a season two. There is? Yes. In season two, I need more sex. I need like a thousand percent more sex. There's a gay character on it. I need him to be hornier. I need more gays. I need Christine Baranski yeah, yeah. to maybe wear eyeliner. I've heard that the gay character is like aggressively boring. Honestly, I haven't seen it, but like Christine Baranski is probably gayer than this character, you know? Yeah, in a way. In a way. Um, but I <clears throat> I, th- I definitely recommend it to anyone who wants to watch. I definitely won't watch, but I support you. Thank um, you. Speaking of shows where nothing happened, we have yet another episode of Drag Race where no one was eliminated. I'm I'm currently <laughs> opening the window so I can jump out of it. <laughs> when it happened, I laughed so hard because I was thinking of you just tearing furniture up and I like was, ripping the wallpaper off. I was in my mother's house in Florida. Just I was like, I don't live here. I'm destroying everything. <laughs> I, you know, I I will say this was the one elimination where I was kind of okay with there being the chocolate bar. I thought it was the perfect person to get the golden ticket. But at the same time, we are 50 episodes into this season and two girls have been eliminated. And I, you know, I felt this episode was like actually kind of juicy and complex. Like... I didn't really understand a lot of what the judges were doing. Like, I really felt Willow Pill, like, won the episode, you know, with yeah, the Green Fairy. Yeah, great. I thought Camden was amazing, but I was like, Willow Pill won that. But I think they tried to say, like, that Willow's, like, runway performance wasn't up to par. But, like, here's the thing, and I feel like you will agree or have some sort of take on this. I need the judges to just say the runway matters or it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really week. differs from week to week, and I think it also kind of matters depending on, like, the producing of the storyline. It is infuriating. They do it when it's convenient for yes. them. And I, I, I hate that. And I just wish that there was, like, a separate evaluation. Yeah, I want to see the scorecards. Yes! I want, I, because I don't believe that there are any. I want to see the fucking scorecards. And here's the other thing, is, like, if I was a producer on the show, I'd be like, you know what? We just need to, every week there is like a runway winner. And it's like, congratulations, Lady Camden. You won the runway. And that means absolutely nothing. Like, that would actually be really funny, you know? But uh, we know you won the runway, but it doesn't matter, you know? I, I agree that Willow should have won based on the challenge because Lady Camden's win felt much more like the end result of the drama between the queens rather than the actual performance that was happening on stage. Like, it was very narratively satisfying with everything that happened between her and Bosco. But what Willow did in the Rusical was so much better. Yeah. What's most important to take away from this episode is that our girl, Georges, has come out in solidarity against theater faggots. Hate musical theater gays. Did you not love? I thought that was so funny. It was funny, but I was also <laughs> just too distracted by wanting to throw Deja out the window as well she, because of that fucking look. She is a seamstress, and she has not looked good once on not the runway. Once. Not, well, actually, I thought the shoulder pads look was like fine. Which shoulder pads look? The one because for the shoulder pads episode, challenge. Because every episode has been a shoulder pads look. <laughs> for the shoulder pads challenge, which I actually felt like she should have won, but it wasn't, it still wasn't that good. You know, it was fine. All of her looks make me want to call better help so that someone, <laughs> so that someone can help me manage my stress. Yeah, exactly. Um, just kind of um, at putting putting the shitty little cherry on top of this like garbage dump of a Newsweek. Um, we didn't talk about or text about the fact that 
Putin defended J.K. Rowling very publicly. I've been trying to not <laughs> engage with it. I'm sure. But it is funny how it kind of forced her hand. But, like, she did not really, like let herself be forced there is actually like no other public figure that i can think of that is more like voldemort than vladimir putin and it makes her look so bad to be defended by this man like what do you think is like it's it's kind of like girl look how fucking orange you look literally it's like i mean obviously there's no nuance to add to this conversation it's just like the fact that this is fucking hilarious it's just like we live in the most cursed time that is so cursed like it's 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 it is so cursed yes but you know what in the midst of all of this i was able to find some joy through the escape of the movies. Because <laughs> when I was in Florida, my mom and I went to see The Lost City, the new Sandra Bullock, oh, Channing cute. Tatum rom-com. And it was so fun. And like, you know, some great little performances by some of our good Judys, Patty Harrison and Bowen Yang. Yes, Love to see so the girls excited. booked and busy. And also it was a tight hour and 30 minutes. No which, way. You know, if I had a Drag Race scorecard... Length would be number one. I am so ready. I know it's not a summer blockbuster, but it felt like one. I'm, I'm ready it for It felt like one when season. I went to see it at um, 4 p.m. <laughs> on a Thursday in Boca Raton, Florida. That theater was packed. In in March. And you're like, I love summer. Like In <laughs> March. And that's how I know it's going to be a hit. Yeah. I'm excited and for we'll that. And we'll probably get... Two sequels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would watch. Like, I mean, it, it has the makeup of everything I want in a, in a movie like that. Um, I watched King Richard, funny enough. I watched it on the plane and then landed to the that is the most. Man. That is the most plain movie in existence. Well, that and The Greatest Showman. You know, that's so – it was definitely a very good plain movie. I thought it was great. Obviously, Will Smith like earned that Oscar. Um, I thought he would. He totally disappeared into the character. I mean, what's funny is that the character of the dad I thought was going to be like kind of like his pursuit of happiness. Air was like this is like the most glowing, beautiful superhero of a dad in existence, but he's actually like a, a complete tyrant and a little bit of an asshole and like. What he kind of does to Serena and Venus is, like, very weird and hard to watch, especially since it's so based in truth. But as a character, he's, like, ultimately likable, which I was like, how did you do that, you know? I wish that the portrayal of the dad was less sympathetic, obviously. It's, like, the same thing with, like, Tammy Faye Baker. It's like, this person's kind of bad, you know? Like, I just wish that Will Smith had a fall from grace, and he didn't have it in this movie. Well, I will um, literally never watch it. But, yeah, it's, um, it's really, I mean, the tennis matches are, I, they made me care about tennis so hard. Did they ever use the song Tennis Court by Lord? No, they didn't. Well, um, then it's a flop in my book. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Or they didn't use any songs from the, the band Tennis. Do you well, listen to tennis? No. It's a um, good band. Very excited to move on from awards season yeah. and uh, move into our mailbag, Cumdum. Yeah. We're not calling it the Cumdum. We are calling it the Cumdum. Virgins, can you please advocate for us to call it something that isn't the Cumdum? I absolutely we... think that if we polled them, most of them would want us to call it the Cumdum. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Okay, first up, let's play our first call. Hi, guys. Loving the podcast. Thanks. I really think you guys need to cover the classic film Showgirls from the 90s. Mm. You've probably already seen it. Yeah. If not, I highly recommend you check out Showgirls. But also, they just released a few years ago this amazing documentary kind of talking about Showgirls and its legacy and how it's a lot. But it's called You Don't Know Me. The main character, her name is Naomi Malone. I would love, love, love to hear your guys' perspective on your, it. Your folks' um, perspective. I, I make every single one of my friends watch it. I have showgirls-themed parties. Are you gay? I am truly obsessed. Okay, I have to say, I watched this in quarantine. So I'm a recently cracked open virgin. The film, Showgirls, not or the documentary. The film, not the documentary. Um, I was... Like, I had obviously heard a lot about it. It's kind of like a very meme movie. It's like a kind of gay rite of passage. I distinctly remember being at a cast party for, I think, our production of Flower Drum Song. Um, and it was, like, on TV in the background. So I did see in my youth the pool, the swimming pool, the infamous the best pool scene s- in sex the scene. I thought it's a stunning movie and, like, would be in a god-tier kind of like echelon of movies for me if it wasn't for a completely and 
a nonsensical and gratuitous like gang rape scene that happens at the end that like really should just be taken out of the movie and like has no place in like the film. But like I loved it outside of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I it's one of those movies that I grew up like being aware of and then always was like, okay, I guess I'll have to watch this one day because I'm gay. And then when I finally watched it, it was very anticlimactic. And I think it's a really bad movie. Yeah, of um, course. But not in a way where I'm like into how bad it is or like obsessed with its campiness. I just think it's bad. But Kyle MacLachlan is so hot in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, every, hot everyone's it. hot in it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Kyle MacLachlan especially... And he's, like, kind of an astounding and, like, unconventionally kind of hot and uh, character where all the others are, like, just supermodels that have never acted before, kind of. Elizabeth Berkley, um, not a good actress, although she does some stunning work in First Wives Club, which, incidentally, we should do an episode on. You think? Um, you don't own me. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. I, I think there's a conversation to be had about badness in movies. And because you and I on this podcast talk a lot about things that are so bad like they're me. good. <laughs> yeah. Some things are so bad they're good. Some <laughs> things are just plain bad. There, some things are quote unquote camp, which might not be bad or good. You know what I mean? Which I, I think a lot of people misdefine um, the term everyone, camp. Everyone misuses this. Everyone we did misuses. a whole Met Gala about this. <laughs> we actually should do a Met Gala episode, actually. Mm. Um, but I would. <laughs> But this is actually a very, I think, belongs to a class of movies similar to Tommy Wiseau's The Room. where Which it's, I've never seen. Which this movie is very famous for being bad. And the, I think that a big part of the premise of the documentary is, did this movie want to be bad? Or did the director actually think this was a good movie? Because some, I think a lot of things you're like, that could be a legitimately bad choice. But then some of them you're like, wait, like what plane of reality is this director I on think the director is just bad at directing. I I think it it's maybe a combo. I don't know. I No, I think when you're being the, as melodramatic as this movie's being like they thought they were I say they because I don't know the gender of the person who directed it but I'm assuming it's a man um, thought they were going to win an Oscar for this you know thought that it was like a serious film with you know like heightened stylization and like it's not it's not try, I, I, at least that's my opinion it's not trying to be bad it's trying to be good I, and I, is bad. I don't know. And swings back around to being enjoyable. I think, yeah, I think it might be that as well. I, I feel like um, something that's kind of the, – the choreography is very shocking. Like, it it has, like, a, a violence to it that I, like, never would have expected. Also, in terms of things I didn't expect, the movie's really long. Like, yeah. it's, like, one of those movies where you're like, why is this – why is this movie – so long. You know what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't sign up for the Batman. Have you ever seen like any sort of like burlesque or like have you been to the box before? Yeah, of course. I remember like I think I went once with like Amanda Lapore's table or something like that. I think she was like there every Wednesday or whatever. Um and it's like predominantly like CD Business guys? It's all, like, the worst straight people with a lot of money. Yeah. And, and queer people who are being paid to be there. And I think that's kind of why 
the thing about sh- that's the thing about showgirls that's like kind of hard to digest is like those people are kind of the movers of the plot, even though the women should be. I don't know. I guess like Nomi is like the engine, but like she's so beholden to like the decisions of men, like pretty much the entire movie. Hate it. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Not even the kiss. Not even the lesbian kiss. The le- you know, it's just so for not the audience who ultimately received it. Yeah. That it just, it doesn't, you know what? It's fine. I can understand why people love it. It just doesn't really do anything for me. The movie as a whole. It is kind of, I do enjoy um, movies where sex scenes don't arouse me, but they like scare me. Oh, I actually think the sex scene in this one is hot. There are a lot of sex scenes. Well, I, I mean, the one in the pool. The pool. I think it's hot. The and just the way scene. she thrashes around. <laughs> it's is a so very, crazy. It's a very interesting figure eight kind <laughs> yeah, of movement yeah. that she does with her there body. There is motion in the ocean. Which Let's is, say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to Vegas? Should we go? <laughs> I, I have been a couple times. Should we go to Katie? Should we go to... We're going to see play. We're going to go see We're play? We're going to see play. I don't want to pay for it, though. Well, I will. For me, for my ticket. I'll, I'll buy my ticket. <laughs> Everyone that I... Please, I have plenty of people who won't want to go to play with me. So, <laughs> you know. I really do actually legitimately want to go. Okay, well then buy a ticket. Next call. Hi, Fran and Rose. I just finished listening to your Lady Cheesecake episode. And very briefly, I wanted to share that in eighth grade, I auditioned for my middle school production of Annie the Musical for, of course, the role of Miss Hannigan as any of Cursed role. And Best role in the show. at that very liminal space when kids were just starting to get internet on their blackberries but no one oh really my had god i love blackberries and so <laughs> when the cast list was posted online i saw that i'd been cast in my dream role of miss hannigan but it turned out that they posted the wrong <gasps> cast list and so when it went was posted up next oh my oh my god this is of course my villain oh my god why are theater teachers so mean i wanted to share that the one piece of media I've made all of my friends watch is, of course, Avatar The Last Airbender. I was that kid who watched it in 2005 and was obsessed with it, and it taught me everything that is good and bad in life, et cetera, et cetera. I did make all of my friends watch the episodes with me weekly over Zoom for months on end, and then I made them watch The Legend of Korra. So I am that girl, and I would love for you to talk about it. So, I mean, I haven't seen, like, the avatar like original series or whatever but i i thought maybe that the listener was talking about avatar directed by what's his name james James cameron Cameron. and like the thing that must be said about avatar the movie which aren't we supposed to get a sequel or something we're supposed to get like 20 sequels (laughs) to the avatar movie and the dates keep being announced as if that means anything because it's been (laughs) delayed so many times and it's still like the the highest grossing movie of all time but Tr- like um, like ask a stranger on the street if they've seen the movie Avatar they will say yes ask them what the plot of it is and they'll be like blue people yeah literally but that's the thing that also must- Kate Winslet is in the sequel <laughs> is she she's like booked for it yeah and busy if, if it happens um I, and I, Sigourney's coming back oh even of though course. she died. She dies in it. Uh, this is what I'm saying. No but one remembers. I, re- I do not Avatar. remember a single detail from the movie. I do. With I ex- love Avatar. Wait, okay. Well, all I have to say is that. Well, why don't you start then? You induct me. Oh, I didn't what remember, it's because, about? I, because I don't remember any of the movie it's, that I watched. Well, if you've seen Pocahontas, you've seen Avatar. What? Yeah, it's the same plot. Is it supposed to be like an? No, adapt- <laughs> it's just that James Cameron's a hack. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so it's about colonization. Yes. Okay. Uh, that is the entire plot of the movie. Okay. And also, it's basically Atlantis, which is also kind of the plot of Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Atlantis. Atlantis is what we should talk about because Milo is hot. I mean, obviously, actually, the main takeaway from Avatar the movie is that the Navi are hot. Also, I've been to the Avatar section of Disney. <laughs> of course. Um, which you know only exists because they couldn't get Harry Potter land. Oh, because originally Disney was like bidding on Harry Potter World and J.K. Rowling demanded a train. She wanted a Hogwarts Express and Disney said no. And so she went to Universal because they were like, obviously, we'll give you a train because we're going to make a gajillion dollars. Um, And so Disney was like, oh, well, we need a theme park world that like is like on a similar vibe of like you know, like this, like world building where we can like sell a lot of merch. And they were like, well, Avatar is the highest grossing movie of all time that no one's actually knows what it's about. Um, and that's why the Avatar theme park exists at Disney. And the ride in it is actually so fucking good. Really? Um, I like almost cried during it. <laughs> no, you did Yeah, I did. It's so good. There's a part where you can smell oranges. It's amazing. Ooh, a 4D. Okay. It, it's like 4DX. You really never disappoint me with your theme park knowledge ever. I love theme parks. We should do a theme park episode. Um, w- Can you tell me the standouts from the movie because the only thing I can remember is the Navi sex where like the little like kind of phallus appendage like goes into the well yeah they put their braids together yes and it's like that's it's so vivid okay here's Avatar this is what Avatar is about there's a planet called Pandora humans have colonized it for like some precious mineral that it has I think it's it's called unobtainium. Oh, like, it's a letter because like, they can't obtain it. Oh my um, God, <laughs> so stupid. No, it's um, not. And so this guy who is a paraplegic is like part of the you know like military and goes there and he joins this thing called the Avatar program where they project people's minds into these like lab grown bodies that are like human DNA mingled with the Navi. Okay, and he is in this body and is like hanging out with the Navi and meets Zoe oh, Saldana. He becomes a and then Navi. he like becomes friends with them and like falls in love with Zoe Saldana. And then he's like, humans are bad. And then they like there's a war and the Navi triumph. And this... he oh and he and he gets he they do this ritual under this huge tree and his um this is after Sigourney Weaver has died and his mind gets permanently transplanted into his avatar body. Oh, that's a great ending. It's kind of a trans story. It is. That is super trans. And I also have to say, this is definitely... Trans species. Trans species. Now that is what we should be putting through the Supreme Court, mama. (laughs) T.S. Avatar. (laughs) Okay, so I have to say, like... um, His name is Jake Sully also, which is like... The name of the main character? Yeah. And didn't that guy not do like literally anything else? No, he was in like one other movie. That's cuckoo bananas. If you're in the most profitable movie in the world. I also, seeing Avatar in movie theaters was like one of the top five most stoned times I've ever been in my life. Oh, I watched it dead sober, which means I need to rewatch it high. Um, yeah, I mean, the Navi are hot is like the most important thing to take away from this conversation. And it really is Atlantis. It's not, it's not Pocahontas. I mean, they're all about No, it is Pocahontas. No, it's, it's Atlantis. Because it, it is it, Pocahontas. Because, I'm sure there's like a thing on Tumblr somewhere I'm where sure. they have like all the story beats side by side. Well, and ju- it's the same plot. There's even a part where they like 
can understand each other because of magic or something. Oh, I see. Listen with your heart. You will understand. Okay. That's what Grandmother Willow said. Oh my God, this movie is so problematic. Like, we can't even. But, like, I think John Smith doesn't... Doesn't he ultimately go to... He goes back to... And Pocahontas goes with him. Well, that's in the sequel. No, no, no. No, no. Pocahontas stays back and waves... And then she goes with him in this. So okay, I have. I cannot be overstated that this movie is like the movies are so egregiously raci- racist and and like insidiously like an erasure of like obviously indigenous people. But like they made a whole second movie about how Pocahontas went back to England, and that's like based in it's a like, trip, trip, cheerio. But it's like a happy version of what is like the saddest story about like a t- like a preteen Pocahontas like being basically kidnapped. But you know what? Just around the riverbend slaps. I unfortunately. I was in the car the other day getting down to Colors of the Wind. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hi Rose, hi Fran, I'm calling you guys 
because I need to tell you guys about the X-Files. It was absolutely, in every possible way, my sexual mm. awakening. I have never wanted to watch two people have sex more than Mulder and Scully. And as a bisexual, I frankly am at an absolute toss-up about who in that show was hotter. You it's have obvious Scully. You have yeah. girl power. You have David Duchovny with the fucking Scully. hair. They're both wearing suits. There's all the conspiracies and the fucking government is out to get us, or is it? It is. Or is it the aliens? Or is it the lies? The whole thing, hot. Just hot. I've always wanted to sit in a basement room with a poster with a UFO on it with somebody. The truth is out there. And have years and years of tension while we try to figure out what the government is lying to us about. It is um, my number one obsession, and I think I am literally searching for um for my threesome with david duchovny and and scully in every aspect of my life i only want a twosome with jillian anderson and that's it she can peg me i'm sorry to say um i've never seen it did you watch i was a casual watcher of the x-files when it was on tv i think i was like maybe a little young it was like it's very scary um and I but I did see the movie when it came out and was really obsessed with the movie and had the action figures from it. Oh wow. I think what I liked about it was that I, I did like the part of it that it was very unclear if the aliens were real or you know what was going on, but I think like then there was the aliens were actually real. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this belongs to a, a class of media that I only know from commercials because I maybe wasn't allowed to watch it at the time. But didn't it go on forever? Well, it there was a it came back as a as a movie and as a TV series with the same cast. I, yeah, I watched the the reboot. I saw the reboot movie in theaters, and it was fine. Mm. Um, I think like one of the big things about the show was like not only the are the aliens real, but the you know will they or won't they will Mulder and Scully get together? And I I believe they did. They had a kid together. I think um, they were both extremely hot. Yeah. Um, and and kind of like peak nineties hotness. They they very much are kind of like the archetypes of like TV leading. Man leading leading lady. Did they precede Men in Black in terms yeah. of alien um, espionage? Yeah, because aliens were all the rage in the nineties. Oh yeah, because of Roswell. Did you ever watch the TV show Roswell? No, starring Sherry Appleby. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. Oh until my god, just now. it was like um, Roswell is Buffy era mm-hmm. um, when you know, like supernatural teens were all the rage, mm. and it's about a girl who lives in Roswell, New Mexico, and gets shot in a diner one day, and a sexy alien heals her with his alien powers, and it was Katherine Heigl's breakout role. I feel like I was not. I was not when I watched Men in Black in theaters. Here I th- come the Men in Black. I'm pretty sure that like I had to leave the theater because I was too scared. I was, I, I'm not joking. I had a really low threshold for fear at the time. I was probably like, what, like eight? You know nine? why I had to leave the theater? Because I thought the scene where the alien drank sugar water was so disgusting. It's so gross. It's so gross. It's, it's really disgusting. Really unnecessarily gross. <laughs> unnecessarily gross. That was another, I don't really. It was a jump do, scare. Yeah. D- d- gross humor. I, d- I don't need it. It's a little, it's a little. But anyways, Jillian Anderson can sell me anything. Honestly, there's like a 
little, not that she ever went away, but the Jillian Anderson renaissance that's kind of happening right now is... The Jillisance? The Jillisance, as you, if you, if you will, um, is truly oh, astounding. She is good in every single thing she's popped up in in the last, like, five years. One thing about the X-Files is that the creators are really, have always been incredibly opposed to fan fiction. Oh my god, really? Wait, why? Yeah, like, to the point where they would send fan fiction writers cease and desist letters. Just like Anne Rice. Wait, why? Rest in peace. Um, because they didn't want people like playing in their sandbox. That's like when what when like what was it like Spielberg or Scorsese was like these streaming services are just gonna ruin everything or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like you you can't you if you're gonna make art, you have to like you're beholden to the culture you're giving it. And to. it's also like fan fiction is the only artistic medium that people are not trying to profit off of. Like yeah, we have the Fifty Shades of Grey of the world, but that, those are outliers. Fan creators spend. Hundreds and hundreds of hours creating incredible art literally just for the sake of making it. Yeah. Wow. I have seen people write like 100,000 word stories that like no one reads. Free you know, press. Those are like passion projects. Oh, God. And they're, <laughs> not, and they're not monetizable at all. Next. Next call. Hi, Rose and Fran. Hi. Obviously, I love you so much. Um, that's why I'm calling. I know this show is a little problematic um, now in 2022. What show isn't? Um, but Ugly Betty oh. is one of my top oh my God. shows my heart. Right now. <sighs> Watching it and hearing all of the <laughs> really just bad things that they say now. Um, just recognizing it and knowing that it's bad. They say trannies. So, you know that she, when so she says times. that, she's talking about transphobic slurs. Betty, it was just very helpful for me and my wife just getting me um, comedy and the jokes and just everything. I I love it so much. Um, as well as you guys. Okay, bye. Love you too. Um, Vanessa Williams, Wilhelmina Slater, one of the best to ever do it. Actually, 1,000%, one of the most amazing villains of television. I adore everything she does in this series. Ugly Betty is one of my favorite TV shows. It's, I mean, yes, some of it hasn't aged well. <laughs> the trans, a lot of it. The trans stuff is particularly bad. There are also a lot of fat but I, But I love it, and I love Alexis Mead. Yeah. And I'm, I'm allowed to say that. On the trans stuff of it all, like... I I'm always astounded by actually like the number of like trans friends that I have that love this show. Like, Representation matters. Love this show. And yeah, it definitely didn't do it right and like um But oh, it did it. it. But it did it exactly. And that was almost um when we say things are ahead of their time, it almost always means like fucking dated now. You know what I mean? But like it was ahead of its time in some ways. And something that I remember very vividly about Alexis Mead's plotline is there is this really heartbreaking scene where she kind of takes a guy home for the first time post-transition and um, she thinks it's going really well and he's like, they're kind of having a bit of a romance and she finds out that he's working for her dad or whatever. Mm. And she like leaves- If I had a nickel- and she leaves the room like very confidently and bravely. And she's like, she like kind of like tells him off or whatever, leaves, and then she closes the door and like collapses. Oh, I, I remember. Do you remember that? About. And I remember I being do like, need to rewatch it. And that's the thing is like, trans women on TV in the late '90s, early aughts were like dead bodies. Dead bo- No, I'm saying they were dead bodies and drug <laughs> addicts, and like they were. There was only one trope of like trans women at the time. 
you know, on TV. Yeah. And like Law and Order SVU, or I mean, don't even, I've never even seen that. I don't know if that's true. But like, you've never seen Law and Order SVU? No. Oh, we need to do an episode. No, of that. we don't. It's no, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Okay, you just um, said that about Ugly Ben. I have a lot of favorites. It, um, I think I've said this on the podcast before. It cannot be overstated. And it is not an exaggeration that Ugly Betty is the reason I work in media, period. I had I never had a model, a modeling so strong and a point where representation mattered so much to me where I was like, I want to be like the little Latin girl that her, their, their bosses like treat them like shit all day. You know what I mean? Like it was just aspirational. Well, who I wanted to be was Amanda. Of course. Amanda was my fave. You um, are Amanda. Well, I, but I, I wanted to be like Amanda slash Wilhelmina. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one has ever done it like Vanessa Williams did. No one ever will. We need Vanessa Williams back on TV. It's a great ensemble cast as well, and because the show was pretty successful at the time, it had great cameos. It had like Lindsay Lohan. I remember she was supposed to have a whole. Oh my god, Lindsay Lohan cameo, so incredible. Do you remember? And it was like it was like at the time when Lindsay was like. Uh, in Perez Hilton every day. She was spinning out, and she famously was fired from the show because she was supposed to have a full season arc, I think, or multiple episode arc, and she was, I think, fired after the second episode. So many good guest stars. Selma Hayek, um, Victoria Beckham. Oh, yeah. Also, I always thought it was funny that the the main guy was the gay guy from Cruel Intentions. Oh, yeah. And also, um, there was a pre, I think pre-fame Octavia Spencer playing... Yes. Um, playing um what's his face is boo ignacio's ignacio um, his like caseworker caseworker and then was she, obsessed with him and then she convinces him <laughs> no she blackmailed him she blackmails him into marrying her for the green card yeah. and she shows up to his house in a wedding dress and then she collapses she's like ignacio also it's such love, a good line reading love anna ortiz oh who is that she's um betty's sister Oh my God! Yes, Hilda. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad it ended after four seasons. Like, even though there could have been more, it did. I think end on a high note. I agree. And love that Betty got her braces off. Got you know. I also think like the stuff she was wearing is like what I see the fashion girlies wearing on TikTok now. T. She was yeah. very ahead of her time. Yeah, she was. And uh, yeah, I um agree. I think the show landed in a good place. And shockingly, at least from my f- experience of it, I remember the third and fourth seasons being actually pretty good. Like yeah. they, they it's it's a telenovela, so it's like very off the rails, but at no point unwatchable. Um, you know? What about the episode where they go to Wicked? Oh my god, because it's her favorite. I'm not that girl. Oh my god, Judith Light. Judith Light. Oh my god, and she's <gasps> this another show is villain. the reason why I know who Judith Light is. Same. Well, this and Law and Order. Unfortunately, this is the reason I know who Judith Light is, and I didn't know who Vanessa Williams was before the show. Oh, wow. I, th- I I did because of Into the Woods, and and also like she was such a thing in the '90s. Yeah, she was big on Broadway. I mean, she she, was a big like adult contemporary music. And this was right around the time that she had her kind of comeuppance after like the public shaming of being fired from Miss America. Oh, and speaking of Pocahontas, she did the cover of Colors of the Wind. Well, not cover, but she did the the soundtrack version. Oh, for Pocahontas. Oh my gosh. Honestly, why are we not putting Vanessa Williams in TV shows again? Put some respect on her name oh the Selma Hayek cameo she was also very well she's like got like 
a whole season arc. Yeah, a whole season arc. Half a season. Well, she famously executive produced it. That's right. Um, That's right. It was like kind of maybe her idea to reboot it. It was was so huge. It's first season. Didn't it win like every Emmy? It was the show. I think so. I think that's why they were able to get such crazy cameos. Very buzzy. And then I think maybe like the writer's strike hurt it a little bit. Oh, this is one of those. Right. Oh my gosh. It killed Pushing Daisies. It killed this movie. R.I.P. Pushing Daisies. I've never seen. So good. Howdy. Uh, I just wanted to tell y'all, I haven't even finished this book, and I've been telling everybody about it. It's called Thoughts Without a Thinker by Mark Epstein, and it's about integrating Buddhism and psychotherapy, and it has been, um, uh, it's a really good read. I mean, it it it's one of those that I can't read it quick because I'm just sitting there and, like, processing everything. And applying it to my own life and you know, meditating on is what I'm doing. Is this an ad? It's <laughs> a really good book. I just wanted y'all to know that. Did you write uh, it? And also, I'm, I'm one of these assholes also that is really into uh, sourdough. Like, I started oh, at least he said it. Before the pandemic they said happened. It. Do you want us to do an episode uh, on sourdough? A weekly hobby. Uh, I love this. This person's yeah, iconic. I don't know. I feel like I want to delete this voicemail now. <laughs> oh my god that's so cute that. oh i was oh no this oh. is bad <laughs> oh god sorry guys i love y'all i love y'all podcast no oh we love you gosh, too that was, oh, so... that was actually oh, they really cute. stuck <laughs> the landing did they figure out how to hang up the phone though it's still going okay that they really stuck the landing on that one because we didn't know where we were going from the beginning but like i was endeared by the end um would I will you be reading that book? <laughs> what was it even called? Oh, uh, thoughts without a thinker. Mood, no thoughts, head empty. Uh, you know what's funny is I am actually like I almost exclusively read self help books. <laughs> that is so bleak. <laughs> it's um, honestly Ch- me and Channy both like we just love self help books. I don't know what it is. I haven't read this. I probably am not going to get help. But for I. That. But I. <laughs> But I, this this reader has absolutely won me over, and I have you. You need to know that Buddhism and sourdough starters are a great way of life, and things that only enrich you as a human being. And also, I have never made a sourdough. Um, no, but you make. You're a very good baker. You baked me that loaf of bread that was much better than the same loaf of loaf of bread I tried to bake. So you're saying on the record that it was better than your loaf of bread? I am. No, I was. So I was having a bad week, and I had seen this recipe on TikTok for chocolate banana bread, and decided. I was going to make it, and uh, as it was cooking, a friend called me and told me that they were at my house Mm -hmm. and had brought me a loaf of this chocolate banana bread that they made, and it was very sweet and very thoughtful and so much better than the banana bread I made, which I did throw out. And the reason I made it was because you sent me the TikTok, and you were like, I really want to make this. Which is very unusual for me. I do not cook. Ever, yeah. Producer Phoebe just said that's the easiest bread to make. The the peanut gallery. No, that is so. I look. That's that's tea. Um, I have to actually. I can't do anything right. I'm (laughs) I'm so sorry. Without a thinker, this is about to be a podcast without a host. (laughs) 
bake, bake without a baker. Um, I feel like I just have to, you know, do my Fran thing and end with some sincerity. There's a little book uh, about Buddhism, or rather a compilation of Buddhist teachings called The Pocket Pema Chodron, which is like a really gorgeous kind of like... Gorgeous. It's a gorgeous... It's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous book. book. I, you know, I, about I, appropriating <laughs> another culture's religion. <laughs> She's a very famous Buddhist monk that unfortunately was kind of like me too um, a few oh, years ago. Oh, great. <laughs> no, Everyone she, go out and buy uh, her book and I, support her. I, I, look, people make mistakes. She, she made Everybody a mistake. makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has the same. This is the most unraveled recording we've ever had. Well, it was living. a very unraveled uh, call. <laughs> but anyways, okay, no, I actually have to give a serious recommendation. Also, can you please start putting your pronouns in when you call so that we don't misgender you? I actually don't care. I, I mean, I, actually, the thing, I don't care. I would like to know know how to refer to people. No, I mean, I... Fran just said, I don't care about people's pronouns. (laughs) Facts don't care about your feelings. Okay, Ben Shapiro. Fran Shapiro. What I meant to say was that um, I think that we, as a culture, overemphasize the import of pronouns. And I think that if they are important to you, you should state them. And if they are not, we will defer to they, them pronouns. Which I think also just culturally people think it's like totally okay to defer to they, them pronouns. Which is like not always because you could be like misgendering someone by doing that. Um, But anyways. Anyways, I have to say. This book, The Pocket Pema Chodron, is a collection of teachings from <laughs> no. the Buddhist monk Pema Chodron. And if Who's you. Who's canceled? Who. No, I, we don't believe. We at Like a Virgin do not but believe she was in me the concept too'd? of cancellation. She was me too for not. Um, not a diff- she basically was complicit in abuse that happened in her monastery. I believe that we should consume things as we've said in original episodes consume things and then make their history stick believe to them, women that's friend. why i said that she had been me too anyways her books are wonderful and so if you don't want to go and read all of her books it's all truncated in this teeny little pocket pema chodron that literally changed my life I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody, 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hi, I'm calling just kind of for no reason. I wanted to just tell you both how much I love this podcast from the very beginning. It was Aww. great to have a Harry Potter one. Um, I just, I was born in 78, so I'm older than you all, but I like everything you're talking about. I just finished the final doll podcast. Um, I'm not on social media currently for my own mental health. Uh, or good for good, you. Yeah, go ahead and get on there, But I did leave five star reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. That's so nice. Uh, the podcast and for everyone I know. And oh, yeah. my name is Phoebe, so I love your producer. Phoebe, name, another Phoebe. Phoebe. Anyway, an iconic so name. We're doing it. Um, I would say like Twin Peaks, but I feel like that's kind of the thing that everyone has already watched now. I was um, <clears throat> actually watched it when it was live on the air, so I was 11 years old. Okay. Uh, I had a mother who liked David Lynch a lot, which was way too early. So I'm, as a result, kind of petrified for life by it. And we'll all even say certain characters' names. Um, I love you guys have dressed Buffy. I love it all. Just thank you so much for doing it. Please keep doing it. Thanks. Uh, oh, that, that was so, so nice. Okay. Have you ever seen Twin Peaks? Okay, I actually have never seen a single episode. But I, I really wanted to watch the, the Laura Dern edition of it. Do you know the basic premise or do you need me to? No, I I actually literally know nothing about it. Okay, Twin Peaks is a TV show about a small town called Twin Peaks and the inciting incident is that this teen girl named Laura Palmer is found murdered. Okay. And so this detective named Dale Cooper played by Kyle MacLachlan Mm -hmm. say his name um, name. has appeared multiple (laughs) times in this episode comes to town to figure out who her killer is there's a lot of suspects, and like at first it seems like, you know, maybe it's just like a weird whodunit, and then it turns increasingly otherworldly mm. and spooky. It was created by David Lynch, you know, the like auteur mastermind. It um, had several different iterations because the original series lasted for two seasons. The first season is really incredible. The second season goes kind of off the rails because Lynch actually left it. Oh. Um, well, he's like, that makes no sense. He's like literally like the spine. Well, I think the... I think the thing was, is like the main question was who killed Laura Palmer? And he really wanted to never answer it. But that's iconic. But people were really concerned with finding out who killed her. Mm. Because and we're it's American. like it's like not the point of the show. And so then there was there were two movies, I believe. Um, Firewalk with me is one of them, and then the, recently, with, with like a couple years ago, there was Twin Peaks: The Return, and it is incredibly weird. It's really 
stylistically captivating. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's what David Lynch is, like, known for. It's, like, a highly stylized, like, um, style of directing. And that the the fact that he has this kind of postmodern, if not, I was going to say surrealist, but I guess it's more like fabulism kind of thing. It's also surrealist. Yeah, okay. Um, everything's super heightened. Um, a, another Lynch movie that I love is Wild at Heart, starring Laura Dern and Nicolas Cage. One of the only other movies I like Nicolas Cage in. I don't think I've seen Wild at Heart. Wait. It's fucking weird. It's so weird. There's this one scene where, so it's about Laura Dern who's like run away with Nicolas Cage. And there's one scene where her mother, who's trying to get people to like hunt them down and kill Nicolas Cage, is on the phone. And she's putting on lipstick. And she's like going insane. And she just keeps with the lipstick like... Overdrawing and overdrawing and overdrawing until her whole face is pink. Oh my god, I feel like I've seen that it's in another film. It's like, like it's like a Tumblr thing for sure. And it's pro- I'm sure there's like drag queens who have done yeah. riffs on it. Hi, Fran and Rose. Um, I just listened to your musical episode and you asked what like popped our cultural cherry. I feel like there's many a moment, but musical wise, like it wasn't the first musical I saw, but was High School Musical a big deal for you? Because I lost my mind. I was like in the fifth grade when it came out, and I had it on VHS tape, and I would watch the first half of it one day before school, and then the next half of it the next day before school. I would wake up early and watch it, and this went on for months. And I, I love oh, that guy. That would actually kind of really, really demand to you. I think I also loved Ashley Tisdale. Like, I still do. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was just wondering if High School Musical was like as big of a thing for you two as, as, yeah, as I feel like it is for the world. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, Father, Son, House of Gucci. Um, I definitely, you know, watched High School Musical, but. I I think part of it is that I'm a little old. Like, it came out in 2006, mm. so I was a senior in high school. So I definitely saw it, and I I saw the second one, but I had kind of aged out of being the, demographic. the, the right demographic for it. I was exactly the demographic when it came out. I was in, like— I'm only I was like three a, years older than you. That's what I'm I saying, as I was, like, I think a freshman in high school or something like that. And I remember, like— you could not escape it. Like you, the, it was like so. It took over the entire culture of our school, and it, it was actually. I remember being. I remember it being annoying to me, and it was one of those things that I've always had good taste. I feel. Um, and I feel like one of these. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, one of these things. I feel like um, with uh, this in particular. I I, get, I often get really allergic to things that everyone says is really good, you know? And, like, on the base file, you look at it and you're like, I don't think I'm going to like this. So I'm just – I don't need to be another person that talks about how good it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I just – yeah. Anyways, um, I definitely jerked it to Zac Efron, though. Ugh. Like, when I was a um, kid. You know who I was obsessed with was the girl <laughs> who was a dancer and she had that one line where she went, I love to <laughs> – I, I love to pop and lock and dance and break. She's kind of active on TikTok. I I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to because I actually have never seen it. I have seen the sequel. 
You've never seen it? No, I never. I told you in high school, I decided I didn't need to watch it. And so I've never seen That's it. That's crazy. Um, no, I've never. I've seen it the sequel. Is, it is very much like the stratification of <gasps> musicals. Holy shit. That's a brave thing to you say. Know? <laughs> like, but true. It's not, it's not very gay. No, it's not. And Zac Efron is in it, which is crazy. And Zac Efron's straight. I know, but he is a twink. He's like the... But he is the the, the stratification of musical theater culture. Yeah, but that's so confusing. Like, hello, have you seen... Have have you seen The Greatest Showman? I guess what I'm... Yeah. Because I I have many times. I I watch it on, like, every time I go on a plane. I watch The Greatest Showman. I'm obsessed with it. I think we should. So take, good. I think we should take that out just no. for, for credibility reasons. No, I love The Greatest Showman, I've and never, I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, you will cry when you watch it. You know, musicals can do that to me. I wouldn't be surprised, but I have to say, what I mean to say is that this movie is unfortunately gay culture of that generation. Like gay men loved this. And 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 gays were horny for Zach Efron. He was an unprecedented... I thought it was that teen girls were horny for Zach no, Efron. No, gay guys too. Gay, closeted gay men I think were this was a cataclysm. And and that and this was an unprecedented heartthrob that entered the culture at the time. We had been in a desert. We it had been years since Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get. I, it was very, it was very Tiger beat. Um, yeah, but I just, I think I actually had a problem with High School Musical because it's all about these like the popular kids being like, wait, actually. Singing and dancing is kind of cool. And, like, the the villains of the movie are the theater girls. Yeah, Are actually Tisdale and her fag brother. Yeah. Which I think is wrong. And they, to me, are the actual heroes of High School Musical. <laughs> and I would like a village and origin story about Sharpay. <laughs> Let me tell you, if there's one I thing, want her Joker origin story. I would like to hear who was styling Ashley Tisdale for these red carpets because that I think it, she was styling herself. I, I think that you what, think I don't know. Can we can we can we look at some of these just like pan? She has reacted to some of them on TikTok. Oh really? Look, feather boas, studded belts. We have some boot cut jeans. This is actually skirt over jeans. Yes, skirt over jeans, jeans. culture. That was huge though. Lindsay Lohan, Hilary Duff, like the, the tiny piano purse. Listen, this is a this is her smile, and, like she's on so much Ritalin. And I think we have to. <laughs> <laughs> you know they all were. You know every High School Musical cast member was getting the, the Judy Garland was getting the Judy Garland special. Like when they weren't on set, they were in hamster wheels getting electric shocks. I have to say, okay, listen, what Ashley Tisdale is doing on the red carpet is actually so brave because this is post-Libby Lou. She said, you know I had to do it to (laughs) him. I'm pretty sure Limited 2 had already descended in the culture. Yeah, this is Justice era. Um, High School Musical, I I did see the sequel. I've never seen the third one, which was released in movie theaters. And then High School Musical is the reason we have Olivia Rodrigo. Because she broke out because of... The show High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is actually, I think, a brilliant. Name. Which I, I think I, that's so funny. What I've, what I have gleaned is that it's a show about a school doing a production of High School Musical at their school. Yes, which is and so it's maybe great. the school where they shot High School Musical. But how does it have multiple? So that's the meta layer. 
Did it, have you watched it ever? No. Are okay. You kidding? I'd be curious to to know like how um how it extends. What do I look like, like to you? Do there <laughs> look? You were a you're a, you're a little what are little are Olivia Rodrigo fans call? I like her music. I'm not gonna watch High School Musical the musical the series. Look, I don't know how deep I don't know how deep the roots of your fandom are. Sometimes you really you really surprise me with. But some I things. do remember last year when Good for You came out, and she only had like two songs on Spotify. If you were listening to her and like. After Good For You, it would go to the High School Musical, yes. the Musical, the series songs. Yes, So I, I definitely so. heard the first, like, ten seconds of them by accident. By accident, yeah, Also, yeah, yeah. High School Musical gave us Vanessa Hudgens, and I am a Vanessa Hudgens truther. <laughs> of course, of course. People are gonna die. Thank you so much for calling. We really love hearing all of your calls, and please... Keep calling. Yeah. Um, because there will definitely be another time where we need an episode. <laughs> or if you don't want to leave a review for fear of um, us openly mocking you, which we might, you can also make suggestions on what we can talk about in the reviews on Apple Podcasts. So go ahead and tell us what you think we should be watching over there and we'll come through that as well. But if you do feel comfortable calling in, you can do that at 323-PENANCE. That's 323-736-2623. As Fran said, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, whether or not it has a suggestion in it. It really helps us a lot. Uh, I am your co-host, Rose. You can find me on social at Rose Domu. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco, anywhere you like. You can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating on Spotify, review on Apple Podcasts. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Cranchich, and Nikki Etor. Until next week, bye! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.